We're high energy today. We've gone into the crater and found a, you know, a bit of a facility that impinged on it. And so we've gone into the tunnel and we found a crazy guy who seems to be Ford. Yeah, I think he's Ford. Who then gave him, he was going to give. Who made Rory. He was going to give Rory one injection, decide, nope, I'll give you this injection. Then he said, nope, I'll give it to myself. And now he's passed out. Right. And so we started listening to a recording was the last thing that I remembered. Maybe there's medicine or something. Yeah. Find what we can and then probably go out to the center of the crater and see if we can talk to Bluebird. I mean, we could be in the center of the crater for all we know. We're underground. Uh, so you, you came to the, the crater and you uh, endeavored to uh, climb down the central rift that ran across, clear across the, uh, the crater uh, through the smoke and the, the dimness down there. And you found uh, an, an entrance that was kind of half broken, half shut, which is, you know, you entered through there, came to some kind of tunnel system, which led to a lab, which led to the guy calling himself Ford. Or rather, I think he had a Ford tag on on him or something. I forget exactly. In any case, the recording that you that you found and rewound and pressed play on said Ford F. I think expedition expedition log Ford F. So yeah. In any case, looked an awful lot like a an older, more haggard version of Rory without the mutations. Voiced by J.K. Simmons. Probably played by the same um, uh, Rockwell actor if if possible the the recording mentioned part of the expedition i think or part of they're doing some sort of experiment uh, yeah i think i think i closed off just before uh, i think i said something like you know expedition log ford f day one and then and and we'll we'll hear what the recording says next time right pretty sure so that would be now if you want to pick up immediately so we're still in the, this lab he's in that's sort of in a mess yeah, so Rory fished the uh, little uh, hand tape recorder out of uh, boards, well, wherever he left it, on the, on the desk or in his pocket or whatever, rewound it and pressed play. So while that's going, obviously, you can do all kinds of things. But um, yeah, you're in the, the messy lab question mark. Well, I'm a scaver. I'm just going to, you know, while he's listening to the tape, I'm going to um, scavenge, see what I find. Well, I guess we'll do that. I'll, I'll let you know by the time I'm um, through reading this this stuff. You wrote something down? Well, I had to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess I could have winged all this, but uh, what if you, you asked me, like, okay, I rewind it again and listen to it again. What, what does it say? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and I figured if you get bored, you can just, like, I fast forward a bit and see what, what happens next, right? Um, <laughs> Anyway, so uh, when Rory pressed play, you hear a, a more sane version of Ford's voice going, Expedition Log, Ford, F, Day 1. Uh, we made it safely through the cordon without alerting the MCPs. Before us lies the vast devastation recorded by our probes, but no footage could possibly relay the enormity of it all. Sector 12 and our salvation lies beyond this blighted expanse. 
God help us if we do not reach it in time. There's a little break, and then there's expedition log 4F, day four. Progress is slow. All are still accounted for, Jackson, Parker, Hayne, Gannon, and myself. Yet at every step we are harried by deranged survivors and freakish mutants too hideous to describe. Without our suits and superior firepower, I doubt we would last a day. Expedition log 4F, day six. We encountered a strange phenomenon yesterday roiling yellow mist that seemed to will its own motion even against the wind. Jackson was caught in a dense cloud, and today we discovered his seals had been compromised. He has a fever, but is otherwise fine. I have asked Gannon to monitor his condition. Expedition Log 4F, Day 7. Progress impeded by roaming MCPs. It would be naive to think the great dictator, sorry, director, would not have noticed our absence by now. I pray that Sarah and little Robert are safe with our compatriots. Expedition log, Ford F, day 11. Jackson is dying. Gannon says it's viral, but none of the drugs are working. All we can do now is push on and hope the facility is still intact. Expedition log, Ford F, day 12. I think Gannon might be coming down with something. Jackson's plague, maybe. If it is, and if he dies, I'm the only one left with any actual medical training. I think, and then there's a scratch or something. The recording ends abruptly. There's a little pause, and then there's uh, Expedition Log 4F, Day 14. We're here, uh, the heart of Sector 12. Endless, silent tunnels and laboratories. Feels eerily like home. We're on emergency power, thanks to Hayne. Parker is working on the computers. I put Jackson and Gannon in quarantine. Jackson is barely there, but we can't do much for him without computer access. I guess we all knew what we were signing up for. Expedition Log 4F, Day 15. Parker got the computers working. The codes were all valid, thank God. Some of the sats are out of commission, probably long gone. But Parker found a winner. Code Bluebird. Looks like a weapons platform. We actually did it. Expedition log, Ford F, day uh, 16. Something went wrong. The facilities cracked open. Sat didn't work right. Must have hit us. Parker, Parker was topside. Oh, God. Expedition log, Ford F, day 17. They're gone. Parker, Jackson, Gannon. Computers are, uh, they have a mind of their own. Won't recognize codes or commands. I'm going with Hayne to assess the power plant. Expedition log 4 to F, day 17, supplemental. Uh, the plant is a no-go. The whole place is alive. Labs we didn't have access to are spitting out, I don't know, drones. I killed Hayne, nearly. Uh, we came back. Uh, sorry, uh, when, when we came back, uh, Jackson and Gannon were gone. Like, they just up and walked out, starting to think I'm losing my mind here. Expedition log, 4F, day... I don't know. I don't know what to do. Parker... Parker would have... I have to fix this. Papers say there's a lab in the Lambda section. Experimental cloning. I... I know I can fix this. I just... If I could just talk to myself. I'm going tonight. And uh, there's some noises on the recording. Maybe some flubbed recordings. Maybe some just uh, butt dialing. Who knows? And then there's... Ford's log, week three. I can't keep doing this. It's not right. I need to tell myself to leave. It's not safe for me here. And any further logs is, are erratic, difficult to follow. Uh, there are staccato uh, statements, quick staccato statements on sciency things, uh, musings on the ethics of self-mutilation. They're sobbing. Um, and finally, you get to the little observations Ford made when you when you finally like caught up to him and that's that well crap
I somehow don't think that whatever he gave himself that he's going to be sane again when he wakes up. Check, make sure he's like still alive. And... Who checks him? Sure. I'll check his pulse and stuff. Okay. Yeah, he's he still has a pulse. He's still breathing, very sh- very shallow breathing, but he's still breathing. While the recording was playing, Bo, you rifled through some of the the stuff here. A lot of it is kind of like it's not it's not very useful stuff. And uh, did you take the possible possibility to read thing at all at any point? No. Nope. But most of the most of the material, like books or notes, like it's you know it's not really interesting. You, f- you find a very useful, not a duffel bag, but like a backpack bag. And uh, there are some packets in there, silvery packets that have this this kind of like smell, like it might be some kind of foodie stuff in there, possibly. And uh, like there's a canteen, there's some, there's probably like a survival knife. Ooh, that'd go with my chef knife. Take that backpack and looks like the food stuff in the can. Well, the canteen, shake, 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 empty or full? Uh, there's some in the bottom. Well, bunch of books here. I'll take a look in a minute, I think. Now, that thing that Langley had me give Rory, or actually he wanted me to give it to Ford, I gave it to Rory. Yeah, it was a small envelope. It had, um, it was a picture, I think, and uh, a, what the viewers would recognize as a wedding ring. Okay. Wasn't there, wasn't there something like a, a fob or a... Oh, right, right. Maybe I'm... No, I'm mi- mixing up the two. Uh, I'm mixing up with Hayne. Had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Langley had the fob and the, and the ring. A little, little mini fob in the ring. And it was Hayne when you... the You saw the, the body that had a, the puncture mark from pro- probably a syringe. Mm-hmm. Out in the... That, that, the guy, uh, that guy had a photo. I'm mixing them up. Pardon me. He did talk about Bluebird on the, on the recording there. So that's what we're here to take care of right yeah so let's look through his stuff and see if there's any more information on that okay starts with that's two b's so i look for two b's in the in the papers there most of the stuff is like his scribbles and notebook stuff the notebook you fished out of out of the body was mostly i didn't say exactly what it was because you didn't succeed that well but diagrams essentially Possibly maps of some kind, node maps. But Ford's stuff is uh, really messy. Like some some of it, like maybe in the start, it's fairly like stable, and then it gets out of hand. It gets you know it doesn't follow. It's not aligned properly and so forth. But if you want to try to make sense of anything, then you can you can do um, insight. Divide and conquer. You take part of the materials, and I take the other papers. Uh, you you could, one of you could help in that sense. I'll try to help, I guess. Yeah, I'm not going to be much help there with that. Okay. Marshall. Okay. So together you find some, uh, you find some notes that uh, have been torn out of uh, his, uh, one of his notebooks. Like each of you find one half and one of its, one of them has been, you know, partially crumpled and the other was uh, in among some other stuff. And when you put it together, you see that it's some sort of it was originally probably a, a something that came out of a machine. Like it's very, it's not handwriting. The type of paper it's on is very like thin, flimsy. And there's a, a bunch of text on it. Uh, it's a little difficult to, to parse, partly because of the font and partly because uh, it uses a bunch of weird words. There's a bunch of scribbling 
on it in in Ford's handwriting, and it it has Bluebird written on it, and it has like directional, uh, like it has, it points to certain passages, and then it it has a it has a really weird word on it that you barely like together you manage to sound it out. Psycho something, psycho true Tron. Psycho and maybe one of you remember that he was babbling about something that he, he said something like that when he was still when he wasn't doped password he was talking about in relation to to bluebird this is such a weird word i don't know what use it is other than a, maybe as a password or something i don't know i guess we'll find out if we run into the thing or if we find some other things that has that that word mm-hmm. now that you are here in the heart of Sector 12, so to speak. This is arguably, by by uh, Ford's admission twice now, uh, the place where you ought to be able to find Bluebird. And you have been attempting to reach out prior, although it wasn't very pleasant. Yeah, I think I got some cross signals. Yeah. You could possibly attempt it again, right? Uh, by the way, Bo, you're getting a... a Pretty like you're getting a kind of a tight feeling in your in your throat. Take some of that water in the canteen and try to maybe that clears it up. I don't know. You attempt to swallow and then like it won't go down and then you get this, this feeling of like that it's stuck and then it's kind of it's almost like uh, pouring water in the in the windpipe and you start spluttering and sputtering and and you feel like your neck is closing up your your windpipe's closing up. I start gagging then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Breathing? He's still breathing, right? It's not like you've got a closed windpipe. He's not right next to you, but he's he's like standing a little bit away, sputtering water from this canteen he found, I guess. That water? Let's wipe him up first. I'll wipe him up. Don't get that on the paper. Come on. No, so I can't. My my throat. My throat. <laughs> it looks like he's got some trouble breathing. He's wheezing. You can try hacking my throat, you know. Well, we got a light source that I can shine down in there. I'll hold my hand over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ratchet his jaws open and take a look. Say ah. He has like a bunch of, kind of white substance on his tonsils and uh, kind of snaking up out of, his, out of his gullet. Yeah, there's something growing in there. It probably doesn't take very many guesses to figure out what it is. He's get, he's looking like he's getting, I mean, a little um, uh, strangled. Well, I'm going to have to hack on him and re- remove some of the material and clear his airway. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just going to shove a screwdriver down there? Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> the doc had some of those. In- had, there's probably some medical tools by Ford. Right. We'll need to scavenge for a scalpel or something. Now, keep in mind, Ford is not a doctor. <laughs> he's, a, uh, he's a hack. There's a very big difference. <laughs> he doesn't have any formal medical training. He's just good at, you know, helping people not to die horribly. The big round point is the preferred pen for the emergency tracheotomy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a hack who's rummaging among a hack's stuff. Because mm-hmm. Ford's a hack, too. Very worst case scenario, you find that big pen, you know? Well, got to be something. So, what? Inside or? Uh, what, what would you like to do? Would you like to see if you can solve the problem directly with what you have on hand? Or do you, are you looking for something sp- specific that can help you better do it? 
I'm looking for something that can help me better do it because otherwise we've got what a chef's knife and a survival knife nearby to hand. Yeah, they're going to be a bit large. It's usually good enough for you, right? Well, possibly, yeah. Right. I am a hack. That is your thing. No anti-fungalmas in handy, but you... Well, just like you kept scraping the stuff off the back of my neck, it's a palliative measure to try to slow things down until we do find something. So I guess I am going to go at it directly. And what you want to do is, is scrape away stuff in his throat as best you can. Right. And if that fails, then we are going to have to look at the tracheotomy. But the problem with that is keeping the hole open because it will automatically try to reseal itself. That's why you want to look for that big pen, big ballpoint pen. Well, give me, yeah, give me an insight. Well, oh, very good. All right. You realize very quickly that you can scrape a bit, but you're never going to get as deep as you need to by just sticking knives down his throat. So you have to go ahead with the tracheotomy. And uh, as it so happens, there are some decent pencil-like, you know, pencil bodies, not pencils, pen, uh, like plastic. uh, So we've got a rigid tube. Yeah, basically a tube, plastic tube that you can cut off and um, you can use some of the stuff in here to basically either make some tape or glue or something like that real quick, um, some adhesive stuff to make it stay in place. So you do it real quick and it's more or less painless. (laughs) It's not as painful as it might have been, but you do it really quickly and and like all of a sudden, like you, you have to breathe again. It may take some relearning as to how to breathe best, but and you won't want to exert yourself a lot. I'm not a medical expert, but I imagine this might make it a little hard to talk properly. Oh, yeah. I mean, basically, you want to do it as far down as you can, so he's, you know... Probably below the vocal cords. Yeah, so down that little... Down that little crevice in my... in my, You know, where the, short, where the neck collarbone meets the uh, chest. Great place to put it. But it means it's under my vocal cords, so I don't talk. I just wheeze. You guys finally found a way to get one of my characters to shut up. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure he'll find ways to communicate. Hand gestures, yes. <laughs> uh, now you can see that, that you know, whatever it is, um, it's producing quite a bit of mucus, which is, you know, lovely for Bo. All Bo has to do is like, <laughs> over and over and over, basically. Over the uh, the whistling wheeze of me yes. breathing through the tube, yeah. He's alive. He's not dying, at least. But he's trying to fight it back. Okay. I pe- I pat absinthe on the shoulder, yeah, on the shoulder, and you know, nod my head and and uh, on, on his shoulder and thank him, you know, with nod. Well, you rest there, and I don't know. I think I'll try to contact Bluebird, and if I don't get Bluebird, well, then there's somebody else that I do need to talk to. Well, I'm go- I'm going to turn and keep an eye at, at the uh, at the doorway into this into this room just in case something comes through. So, all right. Let's see here. You want to essentially locate a nearby mind? Yeah, and I know that there's what there's four minds. No, there's five minds in this room, <laughs> and a more distant one that I'm looking for. Uh, this may contradict what I've said before, but I think insight is what what suits. Uh, finding a source, finding a mind, right? And then trying to affect it is usually resolve. Yeah, I would say so. 
Uh, would you like to spend any strain if you have any left? Let's go ahead and go down to one strain, which gets me into a partial. <laughs> At least you get there. So you reach out in the familiar way, and uh, the sensation comes again of being kind of submerged, floating, and uh, partially choking, and you feel a little weightless and uh, clammy and wet, and uh, you, you're there. You, f you feel like you are you're kind of partly merging with this other mind that's very close. Why don't you ask a question, any one question you want from this mind? How can we help you? Hmm. How would... I've already said responding in kind of like a choking voice, right? So I think the same thing happens. You get this like, come to me, me, and it all. And if that wasn't clear, that was uh, come to me, kill me, and it all. And I know that this is a mind that is not in the room. Yeah, this uh, you've, you've definitely found the right mind. It's, it's the familiar feeling from before. Sure it wasn't, Bo. No, I'm sure it's wasn't Bo. <laughs> I think that Bluebird, if it's a machine or whatever, it wants us to shut it, shut it off or kill it. It's suffering. Well, all I gotta do is figure out how to do that. Yep. I look down at uh, Ford. Any he change in his status? No, he's knocked out. He's no help. Nope. And Looking at what's happened with Bo, and what's probably happening to me, we aren't going to have a lot of time. So if it came to ground in the middle of the crater, we go out to it, we climb up in it. So um, you may not remember, but you, I think you asked um, Ford last time about Bluebird, and he mentioned, mentioned a pod or something like that that came down and that it was deeper down, although he may not have been completely lucid, so maybe that was lost on you. Inward and downwards. Well, we'll gather up whatever notes that we think might be useful, even if we don't quite understand them now. Yeah, that printout. Yeah. Print out his, his drawings and diagrams or whatever, and then his notebook. Go, okay, I guess we, we go down. Right. Now, we can find some rope or some more rope. Yeah, I slap my chest and hold a finger up, and I point to myself, and I, you know, I take a step forward. And you guys are going, I have no idea what you're, what you're saying, but... You want to go first? I nod my head. Okay, lay it out. What is it, girl? Did, did Jimmy fall down the well? Exactly. Jimmy, Jimmy <laughs> fell down the well. Come on, boy, show us. Uh, not hard to follow, just listen for the wheeze. <laughs> that might be pretty creepy down here in these emergency light tunnels. <laughs> Me looking like death warmed over and wheezing. Yeah, I'm probably a nice person to run into in the dark. The <laughs> first normal person sees you is going to go, think you're a monster. Yeah, like there's going to be normal people down here. That's true. Yeah, you're in luck. <laughs> there are no normal people here. <laughs> so I guess we'll gather up what we can. Anything, actually, um, any loose wires we could use, sort of rip, tie together to make a makeshift rope? Uh, sure, yeah, you could probably find some of that. I'm not going to take anything that's uh, actually attached or maybe powering something because I don't want to unplug it, but anything that is not being attached to anything, I figure it's not being used, it's fair game. It might not be so much in that case, but some. Maybe enough to help people down, down to another handhold and then we work our way down, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
so probably you'll have to navigate your way out of this particular section and down the rift. While there are stairs, you can see uh, stairs down. It's it's in the facility rather than the the rift created by by the impact. Uh, does the rift intersect elsewhere besides the one entrance we went in through? Not so far as uh, far as above you, uh, possibly below. I'll point to one of the stairs and start heading toward one of them. Figure, I I kind of know where the rift is, so I'm going to head to the stair that's in that general direction, if 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 that's possible. I, a, qu- a quick judgment would be, uh, you you can't be sure that the stairs are going to lead anywhere uh, in the rift direction, right? Uh, you can still go there and, and investigate if you want to, but if if you want to. Go- Go riftward, then then you'll have to navigate your way out of the facility first. Back to the entrance, and then we found, and then down into the rift. Okay, hand gesture, you know, follow me, follow Louise. So you navigate your way out of the the facility, out of the broken entrance, broken elevator entrance. Come out the other end into the the heavy, toxic chemical smell and smoke from below. Any convenient ledge or anything like that, or uh, it's. I mean, it's fairly. Uh, the the sides of the rift are are fairly uneven, and there are like there's the odd pipe and such that have been that's been ruptured in in the in the rifting, so to speak. So there are, there are. I mean, to a creative climber, sure, there are certainly hand and footholds, and uh, you're not new to this, any one of you. So parkour, start making our way toward the center. Bow, give me a resolve. Uh, it's getting quite difficult to breathe properly with this, this situation you're in, with the tracheotomy and, and the smoke and the toxins. Uh, I think I will spend a, a, a strain on that. <laughs> oh, okay. that cleared up. And now I'm down to one. Okay, so while while you have some some uncomfortable uh, moments where you maybe have to take a break, you manage to to deal with it and climb on. The farther down you get, the light changes from this kind of pale daylight to this kind of half-light, twilight, underlit, smoky mess. Uh, the rift kind of narrows the farther down you get, and you start to get very close to something. Like It gets warmer the, the farther down you go. Uh, you get to a bottom, like it's very, it's kind of has this uh, deep stair step kind of breaks in them. So, so the uh, this little platform where platforming quotation marks where you're a bottom, so to speak, where you had the elevator in the entrance, and then there's a a deeper kind of part that goes down to a ne- the next step, so to speak, and a little quote unquote platform, and then another, so to speak, and um, you get to one that you think is very ought to be close to the very bottom. Right, and it's just covered in this mess of probably building material combined with with stationery and cloth, maybe stuff like that. And it's it's kind of smoldering. And this is where all the chemical kind of shit is coming from in the air. And this is like you have to basically cover your <laughs> your trachea thing, and um, and you know you got to cover your mouth and breathe through a through a cloth or something it's very potent here it's like makes your ice ice water but you can see half kind of sort of ahead of you in this glowy path leading you know slanting down you can see that there's uh, uh some kind of 
boxy building-like thing, and the ceiling, for lack of a better term, has been caved in, uh, and there's this tube-shaped thing sticking out of it. And uh, there's a bunch of debris down here, uh, like weird paneling-type debris. It's, and I, I don't think any of you have seen anything like it before. It's like weird. Some of the things are glassy. Some of the paneling is glassy. Some of it is plastic. Some of it is metal. It's like a massive frame for something. Good scavenge, but we're not here for that. Yeah. Pat, you know, I, I sit there and, you know, clap my hands and then point at the thing and nod. Uh, Boo and Absinthe, you see, you begin to see in the smoke, like there's this more, way more potent blue, thick, uh, floaty, blue paint in water kind of thick smoke. And in the smoke, it kind of make, takes the shape of a person, not a bird, but a person. It's almost completely like pitch black. Uh, and it's kind of bleeding this blue into the rest of the smoke. And it's just like turning vaguely and kind of reaching out a hand, pointing toward the boxy building thing and the, the crashed in ceiling with the whatever the tube is, massive tube. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll look over. I'll look over at Absinthe and point my fingers at my eyes and then point at the thing. I nod. They're being they're being weird again, uh, Rory. Yeah, that, that fungus getting to you now. It's the blue, that building over there. Oh, the bird? So to speak, yeah. It's over there, okay. Let's go over there then. Okay. <laughs> fight our way through the debris and the, the little fires. and You find that you're going to have to basically climb uh, up the box because uh, any entrance seemed to be uh, in different directions. And uh, it's like a clearly like a, a meant-to-be subterranean, like buried. That frame you were talking about, any bits of it there are sort of like separate, nice and long? I mean, can always use a lever or something to poke with. You could probably make one. You could probably like separate some parts and... and um... Give myself my 10-foot pole. Yeah, yeah, if you want to. Figure we got to poke something, so might as well get a nice big poking stick. Yeah, so the only real way to enter is like through the ceiling, essentially. Down where this, this cylinder thing, this huge cylinder thing is poked through or, or crashed through. You come down into this uh, semi-spacious uh, like room. It probably had some useful apparatuses or something. Once upon a time, there are all these frames and, and 1960s computer, uh, you know, uh, magnetic tape rolls and all that stuff in there. But it's all a jumble, all crushed, all, you know, bent. And uh, you see this blue shape kind of move in front of you and and point toward uh, the side room that has a, a ladder that goes down. While we're in there and look at the tube, I poke it. Does it is it feel solid? Does it feel soft? Oh yeah, it's it's same. It seems to be built by in the by the same material as the the frame stuff. I'll go down first. Put my survival knife into uh, in, into in my teeth so I can have it handy if I need if I need it. Yar. I'll follow you up. Right. You climb down into the dimness. Only the the light from uh, your glowy friend uh, helping you along your way. This portion is kind of uh, drippy. It's kind of wet and drippy. There's a mo- there's moisture in the air. No wonder it felt like that. Yeah. You come down into a dark chamber. And you're kind of below part of the tube. Um, you can see how it's poking down through the infrastructure of this this uh, section of the uh, subterranean building. And so it's kind of like 
a little above you when you come down. And uh, the side here has been ruptured and ripped. There's a big tear in it, and there's dripping water, presumably. It's kind of oddly miscolored. It has some uh, bluish tint to it. Not quite like watercolor, but like maybe blue algae or something like that. I poke it with my stick, with my, with my improvised pole. The water or the rift? Or, sorry, the, the tear. I'll poke into the tear. The poker goes through the tear and into something that gives a bit, like you're maybe poking something, holding something softer back. When you pull it back a little, there comes a little, like, little brief gush of water, but something seals up. So hmm. it's just dripping again. You can get the chef's knife and use some of that wire and turn my 10-foot pole into a 10-foot spear. Let's bring Rory a little bit closer and see if we can... <laughs> poor, poor Rory. <laughs> I'll, I'll look at absinthe and, and and hold my hold my improvised spear and make pokey noises, no, motions, and looking up. Seems unlikely that would, is all it would take. I mean, the thing crashed into the earth. I think a little poking with a knife is not going to end it. I poke it with a knife uh, <laughs> in my pole. Yeah, hold. you you withdraw it yeah. after poking it. A lot more stuff comes out, or yeah. Again, you get this uh, slightly bigger gout of water, of this kind of bluish algae-infested water, and there's like a secondary gush, and then it stops gushing and it goes back to dripping. It's like something is sealing itself up, and it feels like you're sticking something, like like you're poking through some material or a fluid-filled bag of some kind, like the the guts of some weird wasteland critter. The mind, whatever this. I shrug being is is probably inside it what structure surrounds this rift thing or i mean that he's this rupture that he's poking into so this is the the underside of the the big cylinder that's clearly crashed into this building and the the bottom of the the cylinder has a kind of a yard long maybe a yard and a half like tear in it and that's creating the the kind of drifty stuff how high up is it from us? Uh, you could probably easily reach it. If you stood directly beneath it and lifted your arm up, you could easily reach it. No problem. But it's, it's, not, like a, it's not very wide. It's like a tear. Like it came through. It, it, it tore open on something on the way down. Like I probably couldn't get my body up into it. You could probably get uh, you know, a, a flat hand up into it, but your whole body, no. You'd have to work on widening it in that case. But maybe there's a different entry. Give me a boost and I can at least kind of look in there and see if I can see what's in there. All right. We'll both help giving him a boost because I doubt either one of us is strong enough to hold him. Well, with your lighting, your your fantastical lamp abilities, you can see pretty clearly that there's some kind of uh, uh, black rubbery substance that's been several layers of it that's been ruptured and and are open and in these layers there's part of this fluid that's been dripping out uh and then there's an there's an inner layer that you see some you see where rory has kind of poked through it that are kind of thinner they're more gray but they're clearly like knitting together but it appears to be some kind of sack rubbery sack on the inside of this this mostly metal and and ceramic cylinder well, I'm doing my best to narrate that to them as I'm seeing it. Just grab my knife and offer it. Offer, offer it to you. Do you, you know, tap you in the leg and offer you the knife? 
I I don't think we're getting in that way. No, probably. And we can't get through the hole anyway. Climb up the cylinder and see if we can find a hatch. Yeah. Then back down and we go back up to the upper floor. All right. Want to examine the cylinder? What's this? Uh, you can help each other uh, do an insight. I'm a scabber. Would I be the best one to find it? Or because he's a, because uh, Rory is a bit of a, a, a mechanic, would he be better at, better at being the primary? Whoever you choose to roll, whoever helps, I'm going to add some context to why you, you are able to um, discover what you discover. I think uh, this is some kind of weird machine. So if if you know that Rory has a knack with like just getting stuff to work, then I, I guess maybe you would nod to him. I don't know. I'll help him. I'll start digging around looking if I can find something that looks like a door or panel or something. So I'll 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 do a helping roll. Yeah, partial. Okay, plus one. Full success. And the plus two for from uh I'll we'll take the biggest one, so plus two, which gives it to eleven. So it's a full success. Uh the three of you you like look this this whole cylinder over and you realize it's probably now something tells you, uh, Rory, that uh, like it's somehow upside down, and you're not going to get to where you want to go through the bottom, which seems to be up. So you climb down again, and you go under it again, and you you go around, and there's just enough of a hint of a of a hatch, kind of like a like a door on a car. Like that's that's what it reminds you of when you see it still poking up through the dirt, where it's kind of pierced the floor. So with a little bit of excavation, you can you can reach what amounts to a handle, right? That you have to you have to there's a hatch that you have to remove to get to the handle, but you can open it from the outside. All right. So we'll make good use of our knives to scrape and, and pry to get to handle and get it open. Fantastic. Okay. So the moment you open it, there's a there's a very potent smell that comes out and it's uh there was a faint sense of this smell on the on the weird blue algae water, but this is much more much worse, I should say. Like there's the this kind of sense of something that's been, um, you know, it's kind of like swamp water, very fetid, still swamp water. There's this, there's this kind of oily uh, sensation as well, and I guess Bo might you might get this. Uh, like flash of like oh this is like the water in the kind of water where you have a lot of weird fishes feeding on corpses kind of stuff it's not the nicest ever it's catfish water okay yeah yeah of course i can't tell them this mm -hmm. i just gotta make this face yeah yeah stinks i hold up the knife again but no water comes out Although there is is a kind of bluish, I shouldn't say radiance, but there's this faint bluish uh, uh, luminescence down there, kind of like bioluminescence. God, am I going to have to go into it? Well, peer into the water because there's bioluminescence. Maybe there's maybe something can see. You don't see any water when you open the hatch, so to speak. There appears to be a space you can get into. I volunteer to go in. I give you the knife. <laughs> I give you some light. What, you stick an arm down there? Or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have my knife. You have my arm. It's too bad that 
uh, that Rory isn't like uh, like a, some kind of uh, land lizard where you can like cut off an arm and then he grows a new one and then the one you cut off still glows for a bit, right? Yeah, I don't want to try that. That's the mutations list. <laughs> so anyway, you climb down, you get you get a an arm, a helping arm from Rory, and you enter what seems to be like an upside down how to put it. It's almost like uh, you you're in some kind of circular room. Uh, you're walking on this part of the ceiling, which is uh, kind of it's kind of low and angled. It's it's meant to be like the the top of this thing, and the top is pointed. And the walls and the ceiling are uh, kind of covered in in well, the, the ceiling, quote unquote, the, the actual floor is some kind of rubbery substance, dark rubbery substance, and the walls are covered in all these weird instruments. Some of them are blinking some of them are off some of them are broken and there's a kind of central console uh, which is now the way you're standing it's kind of poking down sideways from the roof from the ceiling and it has this almost like a um, almost like a glass bottom boat right uh, it has a central glass that you can you can see and this is what's projecting the kind of bluish bioluminescence it's clearly like a way to look into whatever this is probably a tank of some kind and then around this there's around the edges of this console are all these like instruments buttons and gauges in the 60s 70s sense and as you as you step in like the some of the the blinking stops and some of it kind of weakly comes alive and it's almost like it's it's like urging you to look a certain way like it blinks over here and then it moves slightly to the side and something else blinks over there. And then like a little piece around the central console blinks invitingly. Well, might as well follow the directions and take a closer look at the now most blinking part. Okay. Do you draw closer to the central like console and the, the glass? Yes. So you look up. We want to take a look through the glass. Yeah. So there's kind of this intense... Uh, not in, too intense, but this uh, for bi- bioluminescence, it's pretty intense. Blue of the water, and then there's a there's a thud as a white-haired, withered, corpse-like head with black bl- breathing apparatus and two white dead eyes kind of bump up against the glass and stay there. And like one of the eyes moves. As if it's like like a blind cave fish looking for something to see, and the whole thing, the whole console starts lighting up like a Christmas tree, blinking. Well, kind of hoping that the idea was that it was the off switch. Or you were hoping? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh it's just off here. Goodbye. <laughs> I get it. If I was a withered, disembodied head in the tank, I'd want to be shut off too. It's the head of Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start investigating that console. So as you look around the console, you see a good deal of it shuts off. You see a, a trio of buttons light up. There's some uh, fairly well-preserved like um, text next to them. Okay. Shoo, give me insight if you want to try to figure out what it says. And... Oh, nice. They appear to be buttons for um, for the chamber below in quotation marks which is now above and one of them in particular starts blinking very you know it starts well, blinking is the wrong word but lighting up more powerfully than the others and the text next to it says something like void chamber everybody stand aside down there 
get clear. I'm going to push the void chamber button. Poke my head and go, wait, wait, what? <laughs> I'm going to empty the chamber. It's going to drain out, and there's going to be a lot of water. Bo is conveniently has definitely walked back, and he's found the found a, a patch of high ground to stand on. Wait, what? What does that? What does that mean? Where's it going to go? From where to where? It's going to go past me, and it's probably going to go out that door. Oh. Or it's going to try to open up on the other end, and it'll go nowhere. We'll find out. Oh. Uh, start looking around. Where would be a good place to be if there's a flash flood? Bo waves. He's staying on some debris. I'll uh, clamber around to the floor above where it crashed through. Sure, you can do that. Yeah, climb up, leave poor uh, uh, poor absinthe in the relative dimness of the blinking consoles. At least I've got the light from the mountains. Yep. I know which one it is. And you know, I'm not a good guy. So clearly this is my job. <laughs> All right. So push the button. Okay. Once, I, once, once they're footsteps have receded into the distance so to speak there's a, a chunk uh that goes through the entire uh like a like a sound not not a chunk of the thing but rather a, a um like you like you activated something that activated some other section mechanical section in the in the tube and then like that the blue of the the glass is like sucked away and the the head that was up against the uh, the glass goes in. It's deeper into the tube. With that. Yeah. And the glass goes dark. For you upstairs, you hear something open up in the tube. It's probably above you. And then this powerful jet of just this horrible bluish water goes spraying out along with something. Like something solid goes flying out. You see some wires come tumbling down that that are attached to the inside of the tube, it comes tumbling down the side, or they come tumbling down the side. Like they may have been attached to something that's now released from it. Yell down. It shot something out. (laughs) We still have light on the instruments here and here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of fading slowly, so it's getting darker, but... Maybe that'll be at least enough light for me to fumble my way to the back to the door. I hope you meant to do that. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was going to come out down here. Ah, kind of shot up and arced over there. We can go see what it shot out. Sounds like terrible design. <laughs> Void chamber. Let's spray the water out into the control room. <laughs> well, for at least a moment, I also had the logical bit of, oh, it's probably going to go out at the other end of it. Just get everybody out of the way in case. You never know. I mean, the glass floor. it's not exactly new, this thing. Something might have broken. So who knows? All right. Yeah, so you climb up to the rest. And the rest, the the other two, are you staying put waiting for um, for absinthe? Or are you investigating yeah. it? Well, okay. I, was, I was still down there. So I'll, I'll, if, oh, I okay. hear, if I hear absinthe trying to come out the hatch, I'll go over there and give him a hand out. So the two of you are fumbling in the darkness after each other. Yeah. <laughs> Fumbling for the ladder. Well, we kind of know where the ladder is because there's a shaft of light coming down. Yeah. Well, light is a... Relative term, yes. Uh, unless unless Rory is standing right at the... <laughs> well, I was yelling down there yeah. at him, so... That's be close. Follow his voice. You make it back up. It's cool. Yeah. You can see that uh, there's... Some of this water is pouring down the side of the, of the tube. Point. It shot a thing over that way. I'll go that way. Okay. 
So you climb up out of this thing, partly by the tube, and there's uh, like a, a large section has been has opened up in the side uh, and just jettisoned all the the fluid and the water and such. And the, like I said, there are th- like wires, black wires that have come out that probably were attached to something, and now they're like pouring or hanging down the side, which you could probably actually use for climbing aids. But yeah. If you go investigate where this, where whatever it was came flying out, then it doesn't take very long to see this withered, skeletal, half-mutilated body with a bunch of wiring and uh, some kind of attached breathing, uh, rebreather kind of thing on it. Very dead, lying on top of some chemical burn, burning stuff, sizzling. If it were alive in the tank, it's not alive now, right? It, it would be in horrible pain on top of this, you know, searing compost heap. Saves me the trouble of reaching into its mind and stomping its heart or whatever. Yeah, but it's it's like you approaching it. You it's like you you're watching this this tortured, poor tortured thing. Like clearly, like horrible mutilations and torture went into securing it in this chamber, probably a long time ago. That's the worst kind of slavery that I can imagine. Doesn't look like a bird. <laughs> I mean, is it is it catching fire on this co- flaming compost heap, or just sort of? Oh, it's kind of sizzling, you know, like a like a soggy fish on coals. It has some resemblance to the half-formed kind of fetal tissue stuff that you saw from the the black diaper soldiers. There's Something reminiscent about the way this guy's um, this guy looks, or this thing looks, I should say. It's a little difficult to tell gender. It's it's been so so adjusted, to put it mildly. Created by the same guys who did all that. So that it? Can can you tell? Is it? Did we do it? Well, let's see. I guess I reach out and see if I get more than four minds. I don't think we need to roll here. If you attempt to reach out now, did you see it? And you can you can anchor yourself with the the thing then. There's just bare bare glimmer of a mind that's quickly fading. Not entirely gone, but it's going. Almost dead. Yeah, won't last long. Certainly it's a mind that isn't conscious. I hold a knife up and sort of make poking motions at it. No, I shake my hand. There's no need to be. I don't think that that would be much more than cruelty at this point. That's coming from you? That is coming from me. (laughs) It's an objective standpoint. It's the way he says it, right? It's more it's more like <laughs> he doesn't say it with feeling. <laughs> yeah, that I mean that appears to be it, maybe. Worth burying. Pat you on the shoulder and tap my neck and Yeah. Let's see if we can kill that asshole too. <laughs> mm. I point back up the way we came and maybe, you know, indicating and then make a like searching motions and maybe you know, and like we're like I'm drinking something. Right. Now the quest for antifungal medicines. <laughs> <laughs> we have a good idea how to get back up, so it shouldn't be as hard to get back up. It'll probably just take a little longer. But head back to the uh back to where Ford is and see if he's awake or not. I'm going to be pissed because we killed Blueburn, but oh well. Okay, by the time you get back, you notice that there's been a, a quite a, a disturbance in... Uh, you, you rifled through it quite badly uh, and then grabbed stuff and left. Maybe you don't notice that there's been a... Maybe you notice some some things are not where you left them. Uh, and 
Ford isn't there. He'd wake up and leave, or did somebody take it? And unless you took the his little syringe kit, it's not there either. I thought maybe maybe actually absinthe you picked that up. Didn't you say that? I can't remember if I said so or not. Some I think somebody did. Somebody did. It may have mentioned it, but I don't think yeah. I did. Well, whatever. Yeah, it's gone. And by this time, it's getting pretty dark as it's uh, it's uh, getting to nap time. Unless you want to use the cover of darkness, of course, to to aid your um your exfiltration this place where we're at right now may be the best place to take this this the rest up and sleep i don't know that i want to sleep again why what's wrong well and should we like search, yeah. search and ruin this complex for something you think would be useful yeah we're gonna need to scavenge and see if we can find any other medicines or or supplies so yeah let's do a scavenge Okay, so the immediate the immediate lab uh, you've already essentially kicked clean. Now, if you were to investigate other sections that you can see or interact with or delve into, that might bear fruit. But that means you're essentially going to have to climb up and then enter any of the other entrances or or tunnels that are poking out in the side of the the crater. Point upward and gotta go up anyway. Right. Climb up, and I'll look around and look for the nearest one we can get to, and try that one. Yeah, All right. So as you begin to climb up out of um, the, this rift, this cleft in the middle of the the crater, Bo, you notice that uh, your hands and your the bottom of your fingernails and part of your arms are getting pretty, they're producing a, quite a bit of mucus, and there's uh, like white stuff in the mucus. It's not adventuring your climbing ability or anything, but it's clearly something is like suffusing you. Well, just gives you more more incentive to find a way to, to get rid of it. Yeah. Only the hell of a lot of it, too. Yeah, I, I sort of look over, I look over back at Absinthe and I wave my hand in front of his face and, you know, sh- and show the back of my hand and I point to your shoulder and then make a face. What do you want me to do? Persuade it into leaving you alone? No, I'm pointing at your shoulder, and I'm going to look, and then point at my hand, and I just give you that look. If it's on my hand like that, what's your shoulder like? Well, um, I'll just go get demon possessed so that I can rotate my head 180 degrees. <laughs> I'll turn around slowly and let you look. Well, not that you can say and see anything. I'll turn around slowly and let Rory look. <laughs> All right. So, what am I looking at? Yeah, well, um, I guess if you if you lift the the fabric that's covering um, uh, the injury you sustained uh, from the glow there, absinthe, um, you can still see like wispy remnants of the fungal growth. Uh, you see the reddening of the skin, but in many of the places, it's it's stopped being red and more turned to a bruise. It stopped growing. It doesn't have all of the talky, buzzy bits that he kept. Cutting off. No, you shape that off, clean off, pretty much. It doesn't appear that it, it has made any effort to regrow it either. It's given up on me and has put everything into bow. And it calls me not a good guy. <laughs> I mean, you can talk to it with your mind. I'm going to have to. We'll give this thing a, I don't know, a good tongue lashing or something. <laughs> <laughs> Want to see if you can reach out to the entity, the the fungal, viral, weirdo glow entity? Okay, well, just keep locating a mind. Thirteen. Oh, no problem. 
how do you reach out to this this non-human entity essentially because we've seen you do it with essentially like dolphins and so you have it like an animal and we've seen you do it with a person who or some something that used to be a person at least with with bluebird but what's this like gosh it's more like something alien yeah and it vibrated the bits on my neck to make something approximating our language to talk to Rory, so... You don't know. That's That may be Rory's perception. So it may not actually use language. Dang. From his story, it sounded mm-hmm. like it knows language. It certainly talked to him. That's That's what he said, anyway. Maybe it was all in his head the whole time. <laughs> hey. I shake my head. Fungus. That's about what I can get is the thought of, hey, fungus, we got to talk. Well, I mean, you do get a crit. So uh, there, there is an entity, and you do contact it. I'm just curious if there's a different mode of, like, what do we see when you contact it? Is, this, is, is it essentially the same process of you concentrating and finding that kind of you don't have like an, a face to con- concentrate on or or eyes to like intercut between so so it's like you see the mycelia and ah pulses and so it's kind of like almost i've probably got to take the bits that are still vestigially and dying in me and kind of like pulse out the chemicals from there what mycelia I've got left on me pulses, stuff over in him pulses represent like a thought transmission. If this were a visual representation, we would be instead of intercutting between like uh, instead of doing the spaghetti western eye eye intercutting, it would be your character's eyes and then like glowing, shining mycelia spreading through tissue. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay, cool. Nice. All right. So no problem. You like you reach. Definitely find an entity resident in in Bo that isn't Bo. You you feel this kind of warm pleasure of of spreading out and consuming and fusing. I think you you hear like oh oh it's this a guest. Hey, you remember me? Ah oh, yeah, you you were the the suboptimal option. You said I was not a good guy. Oh, you're not. I'm not disputing it. But then you tried to kill me, and you're clearly killing Bo. Oh, oh, come on now. So the idea of some kind of immoral judgment from you is pretty laughable. No, no. Would you say it's immoral to try to survive? Don't be silly. And I wasn't really trying to kill you. I was just trying to motivate Bo. It's a big, big difference, buddy. What good is it to you that you're going to kill him? Well, I'm not killing him. Don't be silly. That That wouldn't benefit me. Well, he about choked to death earlier. I had to cut his throat open. Well, that was an unfortunate side effect of some of the, you know, moving in. You get some boxes in the wrong places and, you know, things get clogged. I was going to fix it eventually. Like, it's not like he wouldn't function without some oxygen for a while. And besides, when he's under new management, you know, it's not going to be too terribly necessary to keep breathing. Basically, there's not going to be any bow left. Is that what you're saying? Sure there will. He'd just take a back seat, you know, to, to number one. We got a new addition to the list of horrible forms of psychery that I've discovered today. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there's no reason you and I can't come to an understanding. I mean, I, you, you scratch my back, I scratch your back. 
And I'm going to scratch Bo Bo's back real bad. I mean, real good, you know? He's really, I mean, he's really the perfect, the perfect staging ground here. Do you know the, the horrors of the of the the waste out there? Like half of them I don't have to care about now. It's wonderful. Wonderful. Staging ground. And like like I told him, like I have all kinds of fantastic qualities that I'm gonna give him, that we're gonna share, I mean. It'll be great. Obviously I'm having to do a lot of thinking here. Mm-hmm. I know it's a lot to take in all at once. Just you know, do what you keep doing what you're doing, you know, just sticking, you know, pointy objects in his airways and so forth to keep him rolling to keep him going and uh i'll take care of the rest that's the understanding is keep him on his feet while you well it's more for his sake i mean for my sake i uh i, I didn't necessarily need him to be all oxygenated uh at that very time so because generally you grow in dead things uh, well he was gonna survive and in my secret mind i'm thinking understanding as in i it realizes I pose some kind of... It implies I pose some kind of threat. And would like to stave that off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it knows you can fuck with it. Sorry, Bo. Now, let's see. What kind of psychic interference can start messing this thing up? <laughs> I'm going to start burning mycelia with my mind. Or sitting in, into retreat. I'm not hearing any of this conversation, am I? No. No, of course not. You might feel like an itch Unless it's passing it in on your body, him. you know, as, as as this whole interaction is going on. Maybe something like that, like activity, so to speak. I'm, I'm making gagging sounds, you know, pointing my hand, pointing my throat. Mm. I want something done. Crack our knuckles, knuckles mentally and uh, roll some resolve to start, I don't know, burning away these tendrils with my mind. So stuff you can do is is control a person or animal, or in this case, an entity, this entity. That would be like the extent to which you could affect it, but it would be enough. Like you could force it to evacuate if you want to. That's what I want to do. Yeah, but hopefully through the back exit, not through the front exit. I can always get a new pair of pants. Or it becomes a really hard loogie. We bury it. I got a feeling it's in my stomach. Well, give it a try. Please control and push it into remission. If you tell me you're going to do this, can, can I then try to help? Uh, this isn't something, unfortunately, you have much control over. It's oh. a whole different sphere. All right. Eight. Okay. Are you happy with an eight, or would you like yeah, to Yeah, we risk it? trauma. Well, you get, if you roll uh, two or better, no trauma. All right. Risk of trauma. We're at zero strain. Five. We're at thirteen. Crit then. Okay. Uh, I guess you you start to exercise your influence to force this thing out to do what you wish. Mm-hmm. And it goes at first. It goes. Ah, oh, you're you're such an asshole. I was just ah ah. I get out. And then the whole demeanor changes. You get this urgent sensation through the mycelia that this is a horrible place to be, and it needs out. It needs to leave. And a lot of it is just like basically cut off and left in the bow as, you know, this vestigial corpse bits of this uh, in, invasion that's going to have to either stay there or come out some other way. Or get absorbed by the body. 
and then he starts to kind of like the the bits around his fingernails and arms like he, the the mucus starts to really thicken and and you know it's like this goop comes out like pours out of your hands essentially starts to pull at your feet stand well back Larry. what it seems like this goo that he's ejecting is finished ejecting mhm i'm going to blast it <laughs> okay you can wait till it's all out first. That's what I said. Yeah, just just spend the strain. That's fine. Um, and it's 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 blasted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the usual. Uh, uh, I, I assume it's the beam that you're doing. Yeah. The goop is vaporized. <laughs> yeah. Are we done with that now? Is that is it over, guys? I don't know what that was all about, but that was kind of creepy. I can I can breathe again. Of course, I'm breathing through two tubes, so it's probably just I'm got this weird whistle to my voice now. Yeah, you gotta put your finger over the the mm-hmm. the one hole to talk. I suppose I can sew that up later if you want. If we find anything that I can do that with, Maybe we can. Wait, I feel better. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Well, let's go look someplace else for other things. And set up a camp. I think we can sleep tonight. Well, in watches. Yeah, so head up to one of the other entrances and work our way in and see if we can find some other room, some rooms. We might get lucky and find a bunk room. As you pass into one of these tunnels, you see a sign on the wall and has a symbol that Absinthe and Rory recognize from some of the notes you took. Some the the notebook. It had several instances of this particular sign. Looks like an upside down V. Seems to have been f- figured quite importantly in or or prominently in in uh, Ford's notes. Arrow, chevron, probably weapons associated with bad things. Something about drones on the recording. If weapons, worth taking a look carefully and stealthily. Want to go further into this part of the facility? This part, by the way, is, is nearly pitch dark. This has no connected emergency light, except, of course, for yeah. your assigned lamp. <laughs> if we need more light, we'll just have Rory take his shirt off. <laughs> right. So it's a bit like a it's a bit like a computer dungeon crawler where you're moving, you know, and the light moves with you. Actually, can we just do a reassitch on this and see if there's anything in here that we need to be aware of, or sure, you can you I can yeah. try to. Smell the air, listen, taste the floor. I don't know what you like to do. Actually, you know, I can do a. Uh, this isn't wasteland though. This is a man-made structure, so I'm not yeah. sure I could I could read it. So I'm thinking more of the read a sitch. Yeah, conventional stuff. This isn't really really dealing with the wasteland, as you say. Yeah. Still inside. I can help. No, you can't. Yeah, Even no. if you did help, so I don't get anything. I was like, Arr. or at least I don't get anything useful. You peek i mean you try to uh, extend your senses into the the gaping blackness of the of the facility uh and everything is quiet for a moment uh and then you all hear the thudding of 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 something dropping probably from quite far back from the top from the ceiling and landing on the the end of the the tunnel on the actual floor and then you hear a, a burst of static like you heard from the diaper commandos Back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. Yeah. And unfortunately, you, you have this wonderful Christmas tree with you. It makes it really easy for, for people to see where you are. So 
you hear suddenly the report of, well, I don't think you really hear much actually. Maybe it's like a quick buzzing and then the, the tunnel starts sparking like somebody's firing at you. We can't quite hear the, the rifle reports. I'll start shooting back with that weird gun I have. Uh, remind me what that was. That was one of those. Yeah, we took it from one of the, the diaper commandos. Excellent. Excellent. So it's the, you're, you're being fired at with the same kind of rifle. Yeah, give me a prowess. Partial. All right. You happy with the partial? Oh, what the hell? We'll try a string. There Ooh. we go. It's 11. Oh, fantastic. Uh, D6 plus 3. Oof. 7. Yep. No problem. Uh, pew, pew, pew. Pew pew. It, there, there's a there's the feeling of, of like uh, there's a buzzing like like uh, you activated some kind of circuit when you when you squeeze the trigger and uh, either it, like you're firing single shots or there are bursts or something. I don't know what kind of setting you might have had it on, but you hit uh, the figure, no problem, and uh, take him out. You can still hear the short bursts of static from that direction though, so probably wasn't alone. Let's get out of here. Or more correctly, let's get out of here. Agreed. Anyone who wants to figure out what direction you should go in and not, uh, give me an insight roll. Because you're uh, you're a little bit uh, constrained by your your light source. Marshall. Oh, you want to help? Yeah. Okay. So plus one at a nine. Uh, are you happy with a nine? Oh. Yeah, I'll go with a partial. I don't think there's a very high risk of any of you separating from each other. However, you can still hear. The, this uh, kind of buzzing the the quick static from two sources even even though you go deeper into this place you go down some stairs you f- you find this weird rotunda and go off into a side tunnel still here kind of echoing down the the tunnels uh this buzzing so you, you haven't thrown off the the pursuers but they still don't know where you are now above above uh, your heads you can see again this kind of upside-down V symbol. There's some text underneath it that uh, you might be able to figure out what it means if you care. Hold a hand up to it to read it. I think you care very much right now. So who wants to read? Both of you? Yeah, it's both. Okay, so Rory can, can roll then maybe, and and you can you can help. Yeah. Oh, wow. My help is not helpful. No help at all. No, I actually got a partial. I'm surprised. You see something that says cloning, maybe? And there's an arrow to a door that's kind of half open. Ah, that's why it's important. It's where, I guess, they he made you or made somebody. You get about that out of your mouth, and then you hear like a boot on the on the floor not too far from you uh, in the curve of the rotunda, uh, and this buzzing of static, and another one ahead of you in this in the side tunnel. If you don't duck into the, the cloning lab or whatever it is, then you're going to be caught between two searchers. Duck in. Mm-hmm. Yep, duck in. Okay. Close the door or leave it open yeah. or what do you do? Close. Right. Okay, so the moment you close the door, you hear a chunky kind of locking sound in the door, like it was purposely left open because it would lock otherwise. Um, and this kind of reddish emergency light goes on, and you're looking out on... Uh, this uh, kind of sprawling room. It's kind of like looking into one end of a rectangular, like a large, I don't know, university or school lunch cafeteria, like this huge room, like industrial size almost. There are all these tubes with uh, with the half-formed and fully formed individuals in it. 
uh, very similar to the the diaper commandos in in appearance or the bluebird psychotron thing there's a, a kind of a like a weird central almost like an operating platform uh or, or theater rather with uh, two large kind of slabs one has a a figure on it a shape a, a man probably uh, and the other is empty but has a bunch of uh hools on it and and you see some of the stuff some some like a a kit that looks very f- familiar to you in in the sense of like a it looks like one of the syringe kits that uh, ford was carrying around um and you hear a bunch of machines starting to like vibrate alive all around the room there's a kind of slurpy sound to your left as the fluid in one of these tanks these tubes containing a, a floating individual starts to drain okay what do you do? Well, i have my gun pointed at it and start moving so i can see what's might be in the tube you see a half form well half form the uh, three quarters formed version ford no beard uh, no hair he has some weird striations on the flesh like something went wrong in the process of co- copying him and he's kind of stirring like coming out of a of some kind of coma or sleep if this continues he's going to be decanted out of this thing and dropped onto a, a little uh, basin next to the the tube next to the, the yeah that he's in i look at the thing trying to figure out how to make it like so he just stays in current state you know, he's not done yet so yeah he shouldn't be being decanted cool give me an insight as you look over this uh tube oh uh that's a fail okay satisfied or would you want to spend anything um, no, I'm not going to spend. Okay, you you look it over. You see some. You see a, a panel, kind of a on the side of the of the the bottom of this tube. There's a there's a, a like a little console with um, some knobs and some buttons. You look over it and see maybe the most prominent button. You press it, uh, which seems to expedite the process rather than stop it. I think I made a mistake, guys. I thought green was good, but maybe make green men go. I don't know. <laughs> The only guy could probably do something about it's on that slab over there. Look at it. it starts draining out and, and goes into the the basin, and uh, you know starts kind of vaguely coming around and it's like opening its mouth, and there are kind of unfinished uh, rows of teeth, and it's like coughing up birthing fluid, and that's yeah. Stuff. Just relax, buddy. Probably kind of rough right now. It looks up at you like. Oh blinks con- really uh, evidently confused and goes uh, reaches you know for your arm and goes just relax don't worry about it right now just, just need a rest it it attempts to like lever itself over the edge of the basin and onto the floor yeah, well, i don't think you want to do that probably it's still a little weak you want to stop it yeah but that isn't much of, a, of an issue, but but uh, you need to really focus on it to get him to like stay in the basin. Something tells you that that at this stage there should be like somebody coming up to check on him, obviously, and probably there's stuff in this room that might help you maybe calm him down. But you're not sure how to use any of the the tools, at least not yet. Any any ideas, Doc? Well, let's see what we've got here. You approach the, the operating theater, essentially? Yeah. 
see what's there around Ford. When you approach that, you see that the guy on the slab is another Ford. This one's better made, but has a malformed left leg uh, and appears to have been, you see whether there's there's injection holes. Same with with the body of Hayne in the corridor outside Ford's uh, office there, or his little private lab. Mercifully put down. Yeah, that copies me. You see, like I said, the similar like uh, injection kit with little vials of fluid and and syringes, and uh, you see some equipment that look like uh, you know some of them look like they might be well, eh, maybe maybe medical in nature, maybe maybe the, some of them look like they possibly they're weapons, but they would be odd weapons, like they got handles and and spouts and stuff. Some of the syringes, some of them. Presumably, from the bodies we found, kill instead of help. Yeah. Well, do you remember what, what color are they? Are they conveniently labeled, or are they all unlabeled? We hope that they're labeled, because especially if they're all clear, let's open it up and look at the. No, they're they're different. Some of the one of them looks kind of purplish. One is very red. Uh, one is greenish. You know, stuff like that. They don't have any convenient labels, unfortunately. Are there any cabinets? Probably, yes. See if we can find a master supply of this stuff, and maybe those will have labels. All right. Uh, give, me, give me an insight as you're rifling through these. Uh, they're kind of low um, low cabinets that you can roll around. Eight, partial. Okay. You, find, you, find, you don't find anything that corresponds to, like, the syringe kit, but you find a some sort of, uh, like futuristic looking hypo thingy thingamabob with a with a handle and a like a pistol grip handle you're pretty sure it says like uh sedate on the side or something wow it's a pretty big sedation thing mm-hmm. now is this big enough that it looks like it would project a dart or is it a direct injection it has a needle on the end sedate that's a heck of a lot of sedative it's probably lethal, unless you are really careful with your dosage. But uh, we'll take that. Yeah, there's no obvious like there's no obvious vial in it or anything like that. It just you know maybe maybe it's in the in the grip or something. Who knows? Hmm. Let's take a look at some of these other handled things. Uh, yeah, and totally totally mysterious. Maybe some of them are meant to to drain rather than inject, but it's. It's all conjecture, really. Find anything? Actually, more. You find anything? Sedation injector. I hold it up so he can see what a really dangerous-looking piece of kit that is. What does it do? Well, it. I think if it's if you're light enough touch, it makes you sleep. If you're heavy, it probably kills somebody. Hmm. I shrug. So if you want me to try to have him sleep, I can try it. Well, is the clone already asleep? The thing that just was decanted is certainly not asleep. It's kind of oofishly fighting against uh, Rory's attempt to keep him in the uh, little basin next to the All right. next to where it's supposed to be decanted. Well, if there's going to be any hope of us figuring out a way to, I don't know, help it, finish it, or whatever, we can't have it fighting us. So, Do you really care, Mr. Cold? No. What we have is somebody struggling with Rory, and although he's not likely to overcome Rory 
Rory's having to waste energy on this project, so let's sedate him. Okay. Rush over and, and jab it at him and, and squeeze off a... Walk calmly over and is like, hold him as still as you can. Put it in. The clone looks at you with pleading, pleading, uh, mostly formed eyes, uh, Rory, as uh, as the, the needle comes closer. Got the medicine, right? It's a sleep medicine. Too much sleep medicine can kill, but it's fighting you. Can't have that. Well, do you wait or do you do it? Do it. Do it, yeah. All right, insight. Five. Yeah. And there's no strain to spend, so. It fights a bit. It fights a bit. Yeah, you're down to zero, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I have to take the experience. But then, you know, it, it kind of, the lids go heavy and then it sort of lays back down and stops fighting you. And then slowly it stops doing anything else. Like the points? Too much? Yeah, it's it's rapidly going down to nothing. Too much. But then, look at it. There's so many problems. He wasn't finished yet. He wasn't going to make it very long. He's been spared the suffering. Sure. You are a Mr. Mr. Bedside Bedside um, uh, Manor. Absolutely. The doors to the outside begin to kind of buckle a little like somebody's pushing against them. First, like once, and then three, four, five times in rapid succession. Like, get that gun ready. They're irritated that it's closed. Well, that's not good. Gonna have to get behind cover. Looking around for other, other ways out. It's quite a long room, right? And a lot of it is it's obscured by these tubes and, and the operating theater. Uh, so you could begin to investigate the other end. Yeah, running around the room. <laughs> so there are two doors at the very end, and one of them appears to be like a storeroom for all kinds of yeah operating equipment. Ah, that's where the pharmacy is. <laughs> Among other things. So much good scavenge. And the other door uh, seems to lead to a very narrow kind of corridor, like a maybe it's a back entrance, maybe emergency exit kind of situation. Small kill box. Could be a Jeffrey's tube. Yeah, it's like it's not it's not large enough that you can walk uh, two people abreast. You have, you have to walk one by one, essentially. Pipes on the wall? Um, no, it's just it's almost like a like a concrete tunnel, very narrow. Sorry. Oh, is there any, anything useful we can take, grab quickly here? What looks uh, useful? It all looks useful. Maybe band bandages or something like that. In there? Yeah, you might. You might certainly stock up on some on stuff like gauze and and uh, surgical tape and stuff that you recognize. No problem. Stick in my backpack. Oh, you feel your backpack. Rory, you take the rear. If they start coming down this tunnel, at least you can shoot them. All right. All right. You follow the tunnel? Yep. Make sure you close the door. So the narrow tunnel kind of, it goes off for maybe, I don't know, 50 meters. Uh, and then it takes a sharp turn. You see a very kind of narrow ladder that goes straight up. Does the tunnel end there? or Yeah. Get my knife out and put it in my teeth and start climbing up. So at length, you come to a hatch. With the the vague light you have from Rory beneath you, you can see that uh, there's some text on it, and there's some kind of um, hatch release handle, and there's uh, some kind of picture of uh, uh, an exploding boulder or something. It's tough to say. I sort of lean 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 to the side. Can you guys make this out? Ah, uh, I'll try. 
it's a little hard <laughs> hanging from a small from, print from, from a, six feet away. Yeah. <sighs> let me come, let me come on down. Let me just go to the side and start working my way down. Like I said, I'm skinny, so you can try to make your way up, and we can try to dosey dough and get up there. Okay. Absolutely want to. Then whoever is able to read when you get up there, you recognize some things immediately, like you've seen the, the term emergency before. Uh, you've probably seen the term release before. Probably haven't seen the word explosive bolts, but... Oh, that might, might be trickier, yeah. Well, I hope it explodes outwards. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like, lovely design. <laughs> yeah, this is suicide uh, tunnel that people... <laughs> This is the tunnel they send the, the mistake clones down. <laughs> There's freedom. <laughs> we have one with us, so you know. Anyway. Fire away, Ridley. Operate the release. Okay. Yeah, there's a there's a, a slow pop explosion type noise, and uh, the hatch goes flying off, uh, though not very far. It kind of comes down half on top of the on top of the hole here in. Whatever building this is in has collapsed and is half buried, but you can see out and this is kind of up top beyond the immediate crater. Well, they'll probably hear that anyway, so let's beat tracks. Scramble out, stay low, clear the hole so the others can come up. Cool, cool, cool. You know, I think you notice from, from your perch here uh, that there's a, quite a bit of activity down in the crater around the, the place where you went in. There are a few groups of of four uh, of these uh, diaper commandos, black diaper commandos, standing around. There's some movement ar- along the kind of edge of the crater. Nobody's right there where you are, but like you said, you just made some noise. So good guess, good bet is that some of them are closing in just to investigate. What do you do? Get Rory up here with his with his pew 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 gun. Uh, how about we try to be not here by the time they're here? I agree. Right. That too, yeah. Okay, we're back. At, we're back in the wasteland. All right. What's the fastest way for us to get out of here that gives us cover? I'll do inside. Partial. Uh, I'll I'll take the partial. Unfortunately, the best cover is night, uh, and uh, you have you have a, at least a partially glowy individual with you. So, the the, the better you cover your nightlight, uh, the better your chances you're going to get away. I'll have to take my jacket off and. Wait, we got all those bandages we we grabbed, yanked out, yanked out some, <laughs> wrap up like the mummy, you know, at least his head, head and hands. <laughs> well, my jacket also covers more area than that, so. You sure you want to waste bandage on making making Rory into a mummy? <laughs> nah, I mean, yeah, we you take your jacket and cover them best we can and make our way quietly as quickly as we can. Right. So you attempt to put some distance between yourselves and the crater. You get, I don't know, say half a kilometer away, essentially, pretty far, dodging the worst of the patrols with little, little major, little problem problems. They're going in the opposite direction anyway. You find like a, a half sunken, like army truck to kind of shelter in and behind, kind of wait out the night if you wish. Yeah. I'll- pull out some of those silver packets that are in the backpack and say, this is some kind of food. I'm not sure what it is. Guess we'll find out. Turn one open. Appears to be some kind of crackers. ST3. Yum. 
been on one of those for a couple of hours and we've got some water. Gives mm-hmm. you everything you need. Wanna take the opportunity to rest up a bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seems like that's a plan. You can re- reset your um strain. Yay. If you were at zero, you don't get to heal anything. I don't think any of you are damaged though, so that shouldn't bother you. And morning show break. Yeah. It uh, comes in a red, misty, unpleasant, uh, kiss yellow, blood red haze. All those wonderful chemicals in the atmosphere. And uh, as you're stirring up from your your rest and sleep and dust yourselves off and get ready to move, you hear the the shifting of grits and sand and and dust um, on the other side of the the half sunken army truck. Somebody's approaching. Let's just be quiet. You stay put and stay quiet. Get the rifle ready and I'll let them peek out. It's day now, so I'm less visible, but... Yeah. Who peeks out to have a look? Well, if nobody else is, I will. All right. So very close to the truck, you spot Ford in his tattered uh, clothing, coat, and uh, like like a satchel he's carrying. He has some kind of wired up, uh, similar, like a rifle. It's very similar to the one you have, but it's clearly been jury rigged to high heaven. A bunch of wires going everywhere, and, and there's a some kind of pack on the side. Spots you almost immediately and goes, What? There I am. Hey. Good. We, we thought maybe you got caught by the diaper guys. So he rushes forward, notices you're not alone. He seems to be in between deciding to shoot the other two. And and thinking whether or not they have some utility for a moment, but then he lowers the the weapon and he he looks at you, Rory, accusingly. It's like, why did I leave? I was right on. I I was about to have a, a breakthrough. Why did I leave? And I left a mess besides. And you were just sleeping there, and we needed to fix the bluebird thing, so we went and did that, and then we came back, and you were gone. He begins to bluster and, and almost drops the rifle in the process. I I was on the verge of a breakthrough. It was the key. It was the key to the whole thing. The director. The directorate. Now everything is ruined. What am I what what am I to do? I have ruined everything. Is there any other way to kill the director? Kill the director. It's not about killing the director, you you idiot. It's about taking over to the, the directorate and bringing it to to enlightened an enlightened point of view. I had the leverage. And then I ruined the leverage. Why did I do it? And he looks at Rory accusingly. I don't know what you're talking about. I guess now's not the time to show him the stuff that Langley, Langley sent him. Huh? Well, Langley wanted Ford to get the stuff that was in the envelope. Whether that's you or him, I'm not sure, but he might be able to make more sense out of it. But yeah, Brian, not a good time. Are you bringing this up? I, I thought he did. Yeah, I think I am bringing it up. I am out loud talking about him. I'd probably go, oh, oh, you mean this thing? Pulling out the fob. Yep. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Ford, Ford goes, uh, his eyes close a bit wide, go about a bit wide when he sees that and goes, where, where did I get that? I couldn't, I couldn't possibly have that. Langley had it. Langley? Yes, Langley might, why would, they, they can't, uh... it was Langley's dying wish that I give it to Ford. I guess, guess that's you. He thought it was me, but that's not me. Well, it is me, he says, pointing to you. And then he shakes his head like, no, 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 no. Uh, give me that. I shrug and give it to him. Uh, he puts it in one of his coat pockets. And uh, then he points the rifle at 
uh, absinthe. Why, why does uh, why why does that one know uh, about Langley and the directorate and the fob opening device? I was the one who happened to be with Langley when he died. Oh, and I go and I take off the the ring that I had on my finger and go, ah, this too, you might want that. Why? why uh, and then he looks down at his own hand, which means he's now no longer pointing the rifle at uh, Absinthe, and he like there's this brief interplay of kind of sorrow and confusion as he looks down at his ringless uh, hand and his ring finger twitches a bit and looks back up. How did I, why did I give that to me? No, Langley gave it to me. No, I gave it to Langley. Right. Yeah, I don't know why you did that, but I guess, you know, it's yours. So here you go. Uh, So he wastes it for a moment in his hand and uh, then he looks up and he looks at you. Rory says, I have to do something. I I have I have to I have to go back and he po- pokes you with the the rifle and says I have to go back they they depend on me. If you want to go back, go back, and we're going to go back and tell the people that the bluebird won't be a problem anymore. No, 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 no. He shakes his head again and then he he puts away the ring and he points the gun again at uh, the rifle again at uh, at Absinthe uh, and he he looks at them and, and at him and Boa says. These two, these two are tangential, supple, not important. It's it's me, and he points at you, points the gun at you, like pokes you with it. Stop that! It's it's important that I go. I must go. All of all of me. Well, if you think I need to go with you, then like shooting me is not going to do that. So stop pointing that at me. All right, all right. He he releases the hand from the 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 like pistol grip. Um, Thing. He's holding it in the, his other hand. He says, uh, "All right, I'm I am making some sense. I can hear myself speaking sense. But um, Sarah, the boy, they they need they need me, all of me, and and I and I must go uh, and make sure they are they are safe. They 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 couldn't possibly be safe now. Everyone else is gone, and Blum, he will know I left. He will know I left, and he will he will come after them. Oh, we gotta go." Help some people to get away, and they can come back where we're staying. The folks there are pretty nice. He looks all three of you over, and he goes, "Is it safe?" Yeah, I mean, as safe as any other place. I mean, better than most. Well, then we we must try. All three of us, we must try. There are four of you. Oh, four fingers up. Look, three, four, whatever it takes. Uh, oh, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Okay, uh, we must we must approach this rationally and calmly. And and uh, where is my inhaler? And he starts pawing his pockets. Whatever that was, you shot yourself with. Obviously, didn't fix you. What? What? What are you? What am I talking about? The, the stuff you, know, you shot yourself and then you took a nap. Uh maybe 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 I'm talking about the sedation. I did have some trouble sleeping. Well, um, well, that 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 doesn't matter. Uh, forget the inhaler. Forget that. Uh, we we have to get to a cache. We have to get to a directorate cache, and there we'll secure the suits, and then we'll go through the cordon uh, and stay away from the MCPs. We should be able to dodge them if we're, if if we play the smart, uh, and we can get to the bunker, and we'll get Sarah and the boy out uh, before. Well, hopefully, if Blum hasn't gotten to them already, in which case we'll have to take them uh, from him. I didn't want this to go this way. I didn't want to have to resort to this sort of thing. That was the whole point with getting Bluebird. I would have leverage. But, okay, spilled milk. 
kind of blue fluid, really. <laughs> blue milk. <laughs> let's let's uh, we we need a plan. And then he starts. He, he squats down in the dirt and he starts drawing a drawing a what seems to be like a crude map of like where the crater is. It's a circle, and then he draws like a dotted line. Uh, it's like uh, this is the general trajectory, and we came from here. And and this is the cordon, and he draws like a like a semicircle with the 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 kind of convex side of the semicircle is uh, if I can even call it convex, the outside of the semicircle is uh, facing um, the crater. Then there should be there should be a cache, although MC they should it will of course be be uh, guarded. But I should be able to wire the MCP somehow. Uh, if we could have some, if I have some sort of radio equipment. We got some of their stuff. We took off of one of the diaper guys. One of one of the what? What are you talking about? What am I talking about? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pull out the the calm stuff that we took from uh, one of the. Ah, okay. Oh, that's that is ingenious. Yeah. Well, we took it. Thought it'd be smart. Yes, snatches it from you, like. <laughs> You know, like a like a like a junkie with the with their fix. Like it's like he starts opening up, opening it up, and like looking it through and pulling out wires. Like ah, this is this will work fine. This will work fine. Yes, uh, this this will be this will be a distraction, and then we can get this is this is fantastic. Eureka! All right, well, there's no time to lose. He he shoulders the rifle, and you know his his realigns his satchel, uh, and then he starts striding off in a direction. Look at the others and shrug and start following him. Might as well. <laughs> and we'll close the session there. You you've at least gotten to 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 put the the dreadful spirit of the world it was to rest in a spectacularly <laughs> silly way, but it worked. We flushed it. Yeah, yeah. Experimenting a little with the notion of like since I haven't uh, really had like a serious game. Not that this is a super serious game, but I haven't had a serious game where anybody's been an amnesiac before. So I figured take the opportunity to to e- explore the idea of like having a protagonist doesn't know who he is, and then present him with possibilities of who he is, and then make make the player decide like, okay, are you Ford? Are you a version of Ford? Are you somebody else? Does being a potential clone of Ford? make you someone else we've seen that the process is flawed i mean he's glowing i mean obviously something happened you know are you sh- are you sure it was ford who cloned you or is is ford a clone actually right so i don't know how well i'm weaving this in i am um it's because i'm rory so far he's been just feeling he may look like this guy but he's not he doesn't feel like he's that guy. He mm-hmm. feels he's, he's his own person. Yeah. Whether that continues, I don't know. But that's what he's been been feeling. I'm I'm referring more to like the history rather than like uh like obviously you are not a perfect copy of Ford, <laughs> right? Or the original, possibly, probably. But that's that's kind of what I'm what I'm playing with here, uh, and hopefully it's landing decently and not just being like an annoyance. Yeah, Rory, you may be a father. Well, is is there? There's the question, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's part of the question, right? Is yeah. Rory really? And and we we don't know that this other Ford 
is he an nth generation himself? We don't know. Yeah, that's true. It could be he could be talking something that happened two hundred years ago. That that would probably be maybe Bo's takeaway. For us, probably wasn't two hundred years ago. Copy errors, you know, when you make a Xerox of a Xerox. I think he, I think you mentioned in the notes experimental cloning facility, right? Cloning <laughs> lab. <laughs> so anyway, I hope you had a uh, fun time, fun enough yeah. at least. Oh um, yeah. And sometimes, sometimes it can be tricky to get the right mix of revelation, discovery, investigation, action. Maybe it was a bit of a slow situation this time, but but yeah, at least as long as you're happy, right? Mm-hmm. Then I'm happy. Maybe I'm I'm used to to having more like intense actiony stuff. To be fair, I guess the the amusement park episode was also pretty much in the same vein, maybe. Right, with like little little highlights of of action and threat, but not overwhelmingly like you're right there in front of you. No, no, we're gonna get that when we go get, go find the uh, the cache that's probably already been cracked open by the uh, diaper boys. I love that you're just like going going with this stuff. Uh, like uh, half the stuff he talks about is like it's it's not something you necessarily have a frame of reference for, so. It's the tag where I mentioned you can go to our page at sunday-skypers.podbean.com, find links to all of our episodes, links to our Facebook page and MeWe page. You can email us at sundayskypers at zoho.com. It'd also be nice if you gave us a rating or review on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. And that's all I got.